Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Pet Pod. This is the podcast that's all about pets. I'm Zara Boland. I'm a vet, a consultant and an all-around animal lover. And each episode, I'm going to be joined by one or two of my veterinary friends and colleagues from across the pet healthcare industry so that we can offer you handy tips and some expert advice to help keep your beloved family pet healthy and above all, happy. Now, I'm delighted that today's podcast is being supported by YouMove, the UK's number one vet joint supplement brand for dogs. They're clinically proven to work in just six weeks and they're recommended for older dogs who are starting to slow down and show signs of stiffness. And in fact, I'm just two weeks into my own journey with you move, my own dog Rumba, who's eight years old. And what I'm finding is that the easiest way to give her the tablets, because she's a big girl, she needs three a day, is to actually crush them up and mix them into her food. So I'll keep you posted as we progress on the journey down the road with Rumba and you move. They also have a range of products available to help younger dogs and canine athletes to stay on top form, as well as dogs like my own with advanced joint conditions. But you'll be pleased to know that they also have supplements available for cats, horses, and even humans. And what I really love about the team at YouMove are that they're all on a mission to make sure that every dog, cat, and horse lives their most active life for life. And they're very generously offering a 40% discount code to all of the PetPod listeners. And if you go and visit their website, youmove.co.uk, and enter the code PETPOD40 at the checkout, you can try them for yourself. So today we're actually uh, tackling a pretty serious topic. It's a very important animal welfare issue. And it's all about knowing where your family pet has come from before you make the purchase. Sadly, there are all too many cases of unscrupulous breeders and sellers, particularly when it comes to dogs and cats, and their only concern is making money. And the consequences on the animals involved, as well as the people involved who buy them, is really devastating. But there is good news, and there's an ongoing campaign by the government agency DEFRA, who's really highlighting this issue, and they've got a really clever name for it called pet fishing, uh, which is obviously a play on catfishing, to understand who the people are behind where you're getting your pet from. So joining me to help us all understand what we need to be checking for before we go ahead and buy our dog or cat is fellow veterinarian, Dr. Kat Henstridge. Well, Kat, welcome to the Pod. Thank you very much for having me. I'm really pleased to be here. 
Let's start off by looking at what's happening over the last few months, because we've all been in this lockdown situation, and it's led to an increase in puppy and kitten acquisition, and certainly an increase in the demand for it, um, as well as some some older dogs and cats that need homing that have been sadly abandoned. But alongside that, there is a darker seam that's running through the pet welfare industry, and it's particularly pertinent in the UK at the moment. And I think it's really hard for us to imagine it even, but there are a number of people who are rubbing their hands together in fiscal delight, thinking great money-making opportunity, here we come. Um, And they don't have concern for the animals under their care. But before we get into the unscrupulous breeders out there and and how we go about recognising them, I'd like to highlight the huge surge in demand that has arisen due to the COVID lockdown. And I know that that there's been a a huge 125% increase in adverts that have been posted across online marketplaces. That's for puppies, kittens, dogs, and cats. Um, But do you have any other figures you can share on this, Kat? Yes. So since lockdown started, there has been this real upsurge in people looking for pets and then the market responding with you know, somehow more pets appearing for sale. On the Pets for Homes website, they've had a six fold increase in new accounts being opened and 155 views for every single pet that's been listed and 125% in the adverts being put online as well. So in some ways, lockdown is not an unreasonable time to get a pet. I think a lot of people think, you know, at some point or other, we're going to get a pet that would be lovely, a dog or a cat. And then, you know, lockdown happened. Lots of people went on furlough. Suddenly, everybody's working from home. A lot of people had the same idea. Now is the time to get a pet. We've been gifted these months isn't it perfect? And actually, that's not an unreasonable train of thought. We might start to see some problems as we come out of lockdown. And, you know, these particularly families have never been left or never had their family go out to work and out to school. There's going to be some bumps in the road, but there actually has been a reasonable amount of awareness about that. Where we go wrong is, um, first of all, it's not easy to buy a well-bred animal, especially dogs. So if you're thinking about getting a puppy, you know, to find a well-bred puppy from a good and responsible breeder who's really doing the job properly, it's going to take a long time. It's going to take a long time to find a good breeder. It's going to take a while for that breeder to have a litter. And I think just just to clarify, when you talk about um, the difficulties in finding a well-bred dog, we're not talking about kennel club standards of breed. We're talking about the socialization that goes into it and the care of, of bringing up that young puppy. Oh, absolutely. I really, in all honesty, do not care how long that pedigree is. You know, in many ways, that's not the most important thing. Certainly breeding does impact on health, but what impacts so much more is behaviour. And a huge amount of these puppies, particularly that are easy to buy, log on, available now, pick it up the next day practically. Those puppies have not been well bred. Those puppies are being churned out by puppy farmers, backyard breeders, or even worse, they're being bred in Europe and illegally imported. Those puppies have not had good early life experiences. They've probably been shut in a shed with very little human contact. They've probably been taken away from their mum far too young. And they, you know, she's got a huge amount of things to teach them when they're babies and they miss those vital lessons with her. Then they're transported, you know, stressful situations, popped in a pen. Uh, Some pictures are taken for the internet that makes them look adorable. You go round and you buy this puppy and suddenly, you know, they have 
issues. So just to interject here, Kat, I think that's a really important point that I want to address and the potential consequences for these puppies and the people who buy them from unscrupulous sellers. But but actually, before we get into that, I think it's sometimes really easy for people to get distracted by the prices too. So for example, they might think, oh, what a beautiful puppy and look at the price being asked. And they make an automatic assumption that because it costs a lot, therefore it must be coming from a reputable breeder. But that's not always the case either, is it? The amount you pay for a puppy has absolutely no bearing on its quality whatsoever. You would think that, you know, if you paid two grand for two kilos of fluff, you would probably get some quite good quality fluff, but you don't. And, you know, the prices, that's the other thing that's happened in lockdown is the prices have rocketed. And dogs which last year were costing, you know, your standard, your cockapoo or your soon something oodly doodles. Puppies have never been cheap. You know, you probably would be paying £800 you know, a thousand pounds and the same dogs are now going for two and a half thousand pounds each. And on the one hand, you think, right, well, if you have got two and a half grand to spend on a puppy and that is a decision you've taken and you've made, then that's fine. You know, the problem is, is that there's the profiteering that is happening behind the scenes. And the fact that the person who's selling you that puppy for two and a half grand is selling 20 more, pocketing all and they're just running away with that money. I think it's important to, to point out as well that not all breeders are bad. And some of these that you will find online are actually coming from reputable breeders. So I think the key here is for us to learn how to differentiate between what's a reputable breeder with a well-socialized puppy or kitten that's for sale and may well cost an awful lot of money because of its pedigree and everything else versus a money-making racketeer, unscrupulous puppy farmer. Yes, that's a really important point. Of course, not all breeders are bad, but the cost of the animal does not indicate the quality of the breeder at all. And I think that lots of people do lots of research into what kind of dog they'd like. You know, there's loads of information online and they decide, oh, we want one about this size. We want this breed. We've got this amount of energy, this amount of time, all of that. There's quite a lot of research, I think, goes into what breed I want. But then the point in the chain that is often missed is right now I need to research into a good breeder. Think of any other situation in your life where you're spending thousands of pounds on something, you know, be it an incredibly juicy television, a brand new laptop. And it doesn't have to be thousands. It can be hundreds. You still do the research, right? Not even that much money. You are going to be looking at reviews online. You're going to be looking at after sales service and how much guarantee you will have. Uh, No living thing comes with a guarantee, but, you know, what after sales support are breeders offering? The amount of research that people will do into inanimate objects in comparison to a living creature that is probably more expensive and going to last you 10 to 15 years and be a huge part of your family's life. 10 minutes on the Internet and you've bought one. But look, it's not all bad news. And I think, you know, DEFRA have done this great campaign. The acronym is SPOT, which is very apt. Um, And it's a four-step methodology for for potential buyers. And it's helpful. I think, you know, we start with the seller, the S, then we look at the parent. We try and visit and, and try and make sure you see the mother of the puppies. O is for making sure they're old enough, checking at the right weeks. And then the, the last one, the, the T of the, the SPOT is asking to see the treatment. So asking to see their health records, vaccinations and all the rest of it. And the aim, of course, of sharing this advice, and the government have labelled it quite brilliantly, I think, the pet fished campaign. But but really, the goal is to help people to work out who the person behind the pet is. So is it a reputable breeder or a charlatan simply out to get your cash? I absolutely love the spot 
message. S stands for seller. And they've got some great tips on their website of how to look for a seller. And one that I think is particularly pertinent is take down the phone number and Google it. Because find that a lot of disreputable breeders will use the same number over and over again for lots and lots of different litters and unless you are looking through hundreds of adverts writing down each phone number and like randomly discovering that the same one appears you're never gonna you're never gonna notice unless so google that phone number something so simple and and easy to do so simple and and but unfortunately not infallible i listened to a lecture once by a a forensic vet who worked for the RSPCA who was involved in some raids on puppy farms. And he said that they walked into this room and on a kitchen table were 20 mobile phones. And on the back of each mobile phone was the name of a dog breed. And so the phone would ring. They would look at the back of the phone. Uh, This one is a Shih Tzu. Right. Hi, I'm ringing about the Shih Tzu. Oh, the Shih Tzu. Yeah, they're so, it's a lovely, lovely litter. And, you know, do a reverse image search on the images because they're probably not taking cutesy pictures of, of genuinely the puppy you're going to the cutesy picture is was probably taken months or years ago but because these puppies are so indistinguishable you know they all look exactly the same that's the point of pedigrees even the sort of more more modern crossbreed types designer puppies the pictures will be repeatable so you have to do some digging because you will say well what's the mum like and they'll go oh she's amazing yeah she's lovely she's such a lovely mum she's really good and then you'll say well are they wormed yes they've all been wormed are they microchipped yes they're all microchipped when you are spending two and a half grand for the breeder to spend 10 20 quid on some wormers and some microchips to give the veneer of respectability is not an unreasonable investment for them so it, you have to be so on the ball so how do we go about differentiating and working out who's who's reputable and who's not to differentiate between a, a reputable breeder and a non-reputable breeder is incredibly hard. And that is because on the surface, they all look the same. And the non-reputable breeders know exactly what you're looking for. So we'll answer every question you have with a reputable answer. They are out to fool you because they have read the same advice on the internet that you have as a pet buyer. And they know what questions you're going to ask. So they know how to answer those questions. And it is really very, very difficult. So let's take a look then at some of those red flags that we should be on the lookout for. Red flags would be... Um, oh, oh, when do you want the puppy? Oh, it, you know, it's really, it's fine. I can, I can drop it around if you like. That's you need to go and see where these people live and are. Or you know, you go and there's two litters available of different kinds of puppies. You have to think, well, who has, you know, uh, uh, who has two litters of different pups available all at one time? If you're not yet on a grand scale, where are they genuinely living? Is that kitchen pristine or does it smell? In the, Actually, it should probably smell a bit. If those puppies have lived in that kitchen for eight weeks, it smell a bit icky, you know. So, And it's so, it is so difficult to pick out. That's the hard thing. That's harder than anything else. You made a very valid point because I believe some unscrupulous sellers even hire houses for the day to sell the puppies in. They absolutely do. They rent a house, a fully furnished family home for a couple of weeks. They will move a litter in and a litter out all the time. They will be respectable people. They will hang coats in the hall and put shoes in the hall to make it look like it's lived in. They will, along with these fluffy puppies, will be an adult dog wandering about. And again, because of the crossbreeds that we see now that are so popular and actually are lovely dogs, you can have a litter of brown fluffy puppies and an adult white fluffy dog. And they'll go, well, they take after their dad, you know, the 
breeds. They, you know, they're very variable, you know, and there won't be a landline. There'll be a mobile. They might not even give you an address. They go, oh, it's quite hard to find. We're in the middle of an estate. I tell you what, I'll meet you on the outside. You can follow me in. Or I'll meet you in a car park. That's a red flag. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, unscrupulous sellers are going to extraordinary lengths to sell you a badly bred puppy. My personal theory is this, the con- this is the conclusion that a lot of pet owners come to, which is I don't actually care because they see the puppies they think well they don't look that bad and they don't look that they don't look mistreated I'm not scooping this out of a muddy backyard you know starving and flea ridden you know I'm getting a reasonable puppy does it really matter where it was bred and it's fine because I'm going to love it and I'm going to take care of it and the kids really want a dog and you know we need a dog and we need one now but there's a real issue with that yeah I think although there's all this information you know I think when push comes to shove and you go to a house and you see a litter of puppies that you learned about on the internet yesterday, you've gone round today and lo and behold, you can take it home today or maybe tomorrow after handing over two and a half grand in cash. You then think, well, fine. And, you know, it, everything looks OK and I'm going to love this puppy. And maybe it doesn't really matter where it's come from because it's life moving forward is going to be great. If that's going to be the attitude, and I, of course I understand it. There's, there's two, I guess I see it as two ways. You're either going to go there and find the conditions maybe aren't as perfect as they could be. So you're, you might want to just rescue the puppy out of that situation, number one. Or two, yes, it's in a perfect, beautiful, sterile environment. And you think, well, I don't care what the background is. I'm taking it home with me now because I've already mentally committed to it. So in either of that situation, when you walk away with that puppy or that kitten, let's talk about what the consequences are. You're absolutely right. There are consequences and those consequences are for both the puppy and their family moving forward, but also from for where it's come from. So this is the point of the pet fish campaign. Who is the person behind the pet? And also, who are the animals behind the pet? Where has that pet come from? And unfortunately, it is true that a lot of these puppies that you will see that are clean and well-fed and healthy have been bred by a mum who isn't and who is in a shed, you know, in this country or another one who is bred. And it it seems so draconian. You don't really believe that it's true, but it is, you know. So she's bred twice a year, a litter of puppies. That probably happens four, five, six times if she's a good bitch. Eventually, her body will give out, you know, and these disgusting conditions that she's been living in, she will get sick, she will no longer be able to breed, and then she will be killed. You know, that bitch will just be killed. They don't care. Or there are charities which take these bitches away and rehabilitate them and then move them forward. And those poor, poor dogs are ironically somewhat the lucky ones in that they have hope of rescue. But, but before we continue to talk about the consequences, I think this brings us on to another connected and, and very important topic. And that's the recent legislation that was passed known as Lucy's Law. So can you explain the story behind that for us, please, Kat? Now, Lucy's law is brilliant because it makes it illegal to sell puppies without a bitch. And that is a huge loophole, massive, massive loophole closed. But Lucy, who inspired the law, was exactly that. She was a puppy farm bitch who was rescued, whose mother realised what a horrendous life she had had. And that inspired her to campaign against puppy farms and puppy farming and try to raise awareness and you know we're talking we're here really to talk about the deaf repet fish campaign but lucy's law is very much there's no one solution to this problem 
No, it's massively interconnected. And I think the two completely go hand in hand. Um, and, and Lucy's Law was brought into effect in England in early April. That's right. Yeah. So f- since April, you shouldn't be able to buy uh, a puppy without the bitch, the genuine bitch present. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. They will try and get around it. Because it's such a big business, there's going to be people going, right, well, I'll tell you what, let's take the bitch out of the shed. She's two weeks ago. Let's move her into her house now. Well, at least it's a better life for her. And one of my big tips for, you know, trying to find a responsible breeder and a well-bred puppy is you need to create that relationship with the breeder well before that puppy is available for sale. One of my big tips for people is if you can buy a puppy tomorrow, you don't want it. You don't want that puppy because the chances of that puppy having been, you know, nicely, responsibly bred, that means it's going to be healthy and mentally well balanced for the rest of its life are basically nil. And also think about it this way. If you breed a litter of puppies, you're breeding them because you love them. And maybe, you know, you're terribly committed to the breed and maybe you're a pedigree breeder and all of that jazz. But people breed to make money and that's okay you know you do it properly it's not as profitable as people think but you breed a litter of puppies you're not planning on keeping them and you have eight weeks of pregnancy for the bitch and then eight weeks after the puppies are born to decide to sell them so why on earth would those puppies get to eight weeks on the dot and suddenly you put an advert out on the internet that is not sensible so good breeders start advertising their litters quite early maybe from two or three weeks old and the message will say not ready yet you know apply you know be interested and you will see pictures you should see videos you might even be able to visit the litter before it is ready to go and that's where that p of the parent comes in from the defra spot an acronym you need to see the parent and not just a random fluffy dog that looks a bit like the fluffy puppies that you're seeing because that's really common you need to see a bitch who is still suckling them who is licking them who is lying with them who is clearly bonded to them 
That was my next question. How to understand and, and appreciate what's a real mother versus what's a pretend dog flown in to be the pretend mother. Because also bear in mind, if, if we're not seeing them before, and that's the key, you're right. If you're visiting at three weeks or four weeks or six weeks before you take them home at eight weeks or even slightly older, you should be seeing the same dog each time. But if you just see them first time at eight weeks, well, they've already been weaned by then. So sometimes the mum actually isn't all that bonded because she's, she's kind of pushed them away because she's done with feeding them. That job is over. So so how, how are pet owners meant to tell if they don't see them until that age? Exactly. And that is exactly the excuse that will be used. She's bored of them now. She's ready to see the back of them. That's why she's not really interacting with these puppies that you're seeing. She's, she's you know, she's ready for them to go now. Again, you know, what is the guarantee that that is the genuine mum? Pick it up and make sure it's actually female, you know? And I think the other thing there, sorry, Kat, to keep interrupting, but another option might be to to look at the mammary gans. Let, let's look and see if there's been swollen, engorged, used mammaries. <laughs> there should be. Saggy boobs. Has she got saggy, saggy boobs? boobs? <laughs> Absolutely. But it's key, right? Yeah, exactly. But this is why, you know, that for you and I are both veterinary surgeons. So, you know, not only do we know all of this, but we also have the skills to pick those things out. But, you know, to ask a general member of the public when facing with a litter of adorable puppies to have a look at the mum and run their hand along her belly, I think is a, is a bit much. And that's, again, that's what unscrupulous breeders rely on. So there's a huge amount of smoke and mirrors, pretend, lies, all sorts of things that is put in place. And the other thing that they these unscrupulous breeders absolutely 100% rely on is you walking into their home, their garden, wherever it is, and completely losing all common sense because you're looking at a litter of adorable dogs that you really, really want. And even if at that point there's a little light bulb going off in people's heads saying, do you know, I've done a bit of research online and I wonder whether this might be one of those situations. There's a very, very convincing confidence trickster trying to sell you. So there is, you know, there's a huge sort of social pressure there as well. But also you think, well, we've, we've come this far. You know, so to to get to that point and that social situation and then say we're leaving is incredibly difficult. That's exactly what breeders rely on. But it's exactly what we have to be doing. We have to walk away. If we don't walk away, we're fueling the whole industry. That's the reality. Exactly. You have to walk away. And report them. And report them. And you report them to the RSPCA, which a lot of people are very concerned about, you know, because they think, oh, it'll come back on me. They'll know it was me. I'm like, no, it's all done anonymously. But the other people you must report them to is trading standards. Trading standards actually have more powers than the RSPCA if people are selling faulty goods, which is a horrible way to think about puppies. But that's exactly what they are. And it's, and it's deceitful selling as well. Um, or HMRC, are they paying their taxes? Give them the address, they can check it out. And the government actually has more powers in this situation than the RSPCA. So the RSPCA can follow up. But the most successful people to ring a trading standards, just ring your local trading standards office. The numbers are available online. And just say, I've just, I've been around to see this litter of puppies and I'm not really very happy. Here's the address, here's the phone number. Thanks and goodbye. It doesn't come back on you. They have no idea. If they are puppy farmers, they are probably flogging 20 to 30 puppies a week for two and a half grand each. So you do the maths. You know, this is why this is a big, booming um, underground industry. But equally, I think in addition to these breeders who are pulling the wool over everybody's eyes at every step of the way, you also have the entirely opposite problem where they are selling them out of the back of a van in a car park 
the environment actually isn't very nice when you go to sea. They're not wormed, you know, and, and all of that. And, and, you know, more obviously puppy farming. But still that's successful because then people think, like you said, well, I have to buy the puppy because I had to rescue him. I couldn't leave it there. I was already in love with him. And that's an equally successful tactic. And that kind of situation at the back of a van, huge red flag, walk away. And if you pay the money, then on your head be it. The only person or thing uh, I have sympathy for in situations like that these days are the animals. The puppy and the bitch who had that puppy because she's yeah. probably been in a in a horrible situation for a very, very long time. So we've touched on it uh, up until now, some of the outcomes for some of the dogs um, that are bred in these situations. And it can be really quite dire. But let's have a chat about some of the health consequences. But there's a whole range and they're not always going to be obvious when you're, well, they, they're rarely obvious when you're picking the puppy up. Absolutely. The consequences of buying a puppy farmed puppy do not end with handing the money over and and walking away. The puppies bred in these situations have very clearly been shown to have significant health and behavioural problems. Where they have been bred and how they have been bred impacts on them for the rest of their lives and therefore will impact on you and your family. Um, so there are health issues. We see a lot of these puppies come with kennel cough or diarrhea or a bit of vomiting. Now, those are issues that we can fix. We see them coming with parvovirus and distemper. A couple of reports. Parvovirus in particular is often fatal in young puppies. And where's your after sales service now from these breeders? You will not be able to contact them again. But actually, more importantly, and, and of more consequence, but what a lot of people don't realise is the behavioural issues these puppies have. Those early weeks are so important for the development of that puppy's mental well-being and mental health and ability to cope with life and socialising. So we call it socialising in veterinary medicine. And as soon as they can move and squeak and open their eyes and open their ears, all those experiences they're having are impacting on how on their development. And if that puppy has been in a darkened shed with no human contact for the first six weeks and then it's scooped up, stuck in a basket, taken to a much lovelier place to be sold, the damage has already started. And in fact, in a lot of cases, it's already done. So I see an awful lot of dogs now, particularly these ones who are sort of naturally more highly strung, especially the cockapoos and that kind of thing, who are difficult dogs to live with, but their family just don't realise. So, you know, they are clingy and anxious. They're not very good with other dogs. They can't ever be left off the lead because they just go and bark at things or they run away. Or they can be fear aggressive. Exactly. So they can have aggression. It can impact in very obvious ways, like horrible separation anxiety or, like you say, really marked fear aggression. And in some ways, those are almost the luckier, better ones because their behaviour is so bad that people will seek help. They'll come to their vet or they'll go to a behaviourist. The behaviourist will say, well, this, you know, is because of where they were bred and how their early experiences, but here's how we're going to fix it. But there's an enormous amount of dogs that are just not quite coping with life. And that just makes that, you know, that little bit, we can't walk him on a busy day in the park. We have to walk at six in the morning or 10 at night because if he sees other dogs, he's just not very good. Oh no, we can't leave him alone. So someone always has to be in the house, but that's okay because I go shopping and then my husband comes home and he goes out. And you just think, actually, you have no idea how big an impact that is making on your life. And you have no idea that it started before you even bought the puppy. So I think there's a lot of dogs that are living life on the edge and just about coping 
but the reason they're not well balanced individuals with good mental health and good robust health mental health is because of where they started so that consequence of taking that puppy away yeah it might have a few worms it might have a bit of a cough we can sort that out but it's not sunshine and rainbows from there on forward but you know if you've picked a good breeder and let's talk about how you find good breeders they will have socializing those boxes will be ticked that mental health of your puppy is already being built on and already being established and you're going to get such a much better companion out of it that's a key point, Kat. And I'm going to pick up on two things. One is that um, you're absolutely right in socialization. And I'm going to refer people back to the podcast I did with Kirsty Zexel out in Australia, who pioneered the whole puppy parties and kitten kindy concept all about socialization and how key it is. And I think, you know, to give a little bit of hope out to people who might have these dogs as puppies with them right now, it's it's never too late. You can still take them. You can still, you can still work with them. You can still, as you said, reach out to an animal behaviorist, a veterinary behaviorist, or you can take them to uh, if they're still young enough you can still take them to puppy classes and you can still work on that socialization it's it's never too late but I think yes you've another good point about reputable breeders we've talked a lot about the unscrupulous ones but let's help people to understand how to find a reputable breeder now I know we mentioned the kennel club very briefly earlier on but maybe let's talk a little bit more about them and it's of course it's not just in the UK there's kennel clubs in every country in the world but people will have heard of them but maybe don't understand exactly what role they play in dog breeding the Kennel Club is for our registered pedigrees. They are not perfect, but they are the best we have and they are trying hard. Kennel Club registration and Kennel Club pedigrees is, is still no guarantee of quality. And you still have to have the same degree of um, research and awareness. But in general, they are better. <laughs> they are and at least there's an accredited scheme. There is an accredited scheme, you know, but you still have to go and see the puppies and, and meet the breeder. Yeah. Sort of thing. And if anyone is looking for a puppy, my first piece of advice is go to the kennel club and find a local breeder and start there. But of course, pedigrees are out of fashion. The kennel club does not recognise oodly poodles and schnitzel. Which That's right. They, they recognise Labradors and Collies, you know, Border Collies and Cocker Spaniels and that sort of thing. And a lot of their breeders are incredibly good people who love the dogs and want to do a really good job. If you are after one of the more designer crossbreeds, um, so let's say the cockapoos, there are now societies um, and breed clubs for a lot of those. They don't fall under the kennel club um, umbrella, but they are. So let's you know go to them. At least those breeders who are registered are making some sort of effort of respectability. You know, you think that there's 800,000 puppies are purchased in the UK every year. Nobody really has figures on how many are responsibly bred, but I think it's something like 75,000-ish are kennel club registered. So 10%, that's all. Gosh, that's very low, isn't it? Yeah, so when it comes to the kennel club, they do not have the impact on the market that you think that they might. So the vast, vast majority of puppies are bred without any sort of umbrella organisation or, or, you know, following any sort of regulation. And a lot of those are being bred by lovely people with lovely dogs, but an awful lot, an awful, awful lot aren't. But I think what you need to do is you need to be prepared and be ready and want to create a relationship with this breeder. They are basically providing you with a family member. They are not selling you a fridge. And some, I think some people find this, you know, quite socially awkward to, you know, get to know somebody and, you know, maybe go to their house a couple of times and see the puppies and have a cup of tea with the person who's essentially a stranger. And a lot of people don't want to do that. You know, we're the texting generation. We don't even pick up and phone our friends. Why on earth would we 
can start a relationship with, you know, some lady with some puppies in her kitchen. Well, that's exactly what you need to do because you need to trust this person to provide you with a beautiful, healthy, well-bred, mentally stable new member of your family. So you need to create that relationship and you need to, you might even create that relationship before the puppy is even conceived, but certainly you want to be getting to know that person and that litter well before you're ready to take them to their new home. And I think that for, for me, that is my one crystallized piece of advice. There is a process of adoption, you know, let's equate it to that. There is a process of adoption to go through. I, I agree with you there, Kat. And in fact, actually, I'll add a little piece of my own personal experience. And that's with my own dog, Rumba. Now, she is a pedigree. She's a Bernese mountain dog. And uh, it took me a year to research and find her. I talked to people and I found the breeder that I was comfortable with. And then I went to see her when after the litter was born. I went there when they were only three weeks old and, and she crawled onto my lap. So she chose me. That's when we really started our bond. But I went back and I visited again And when she was six weeks. And then at eight weeks, I, I finally took her home. But Kat, we've talked mostly about puppies up till now. So what about when we're getting new kitten? The situation for cats is very different. And I think that the DEFRA campaign is about puppies and kittens, but the money and therefore the scams are in the dogs. The cats, less so. I think if you want a kitten, just go to the local charity. Between the months of May to September, they're completely and utterly overrun with kittens. You will find them available online in like the Pets for Homes and on sales. But, you know, you might spend a couple of hundred pounds on a little kitten if people really, really try hard. But you're not going to spend a couple of grand. Now, Kat, I'm very conscious that we haven't really yet touched on any in any detail about the wonderful opportunities that rescue and rehoming centres provide. There are literally thousands of beautiful puppies and dogs that are sadly regularly and at the moment currently increasingly being abandoned. And they end up in these charities looking for their forever homes. And I personally think this is a great place for people to find their new family pet. But what are your thoughts on this, Kat? You can get puppies from rescue centres. They do have bitches who come in pregnant or with litters. So you can do that. You should look, you can look at that as an option. If you're looking to get a kitten, I think there's no good excuse really to not get a kitten from rescue. If you're desperate for a kitten, they, you know, they will have them available. But yeah, absolutely don't discount adult dogs from rescue centres. The most common time in a dog's life to be rehomed and given up to rescue is during the adolescent period, during the first year, because because of the challenges they represent. And so these unscrupulous breeders then are also having quite a significant impact on rescue centres too. But am I right in thinking that the Pet Fish campaign was developed by DEFRA in association with some of these pet charities? The pet charities have certainly put their name to this campaign, Battersea, Dogs Trust, Cat yeah. and They've all put their names to this campaign because it is such a brilliant campaign an easy thing to remember spot seller parent old enough treatment and of course using your common sense but that is what goes out of the window in my experience when faced with a fluffy litter of puppies um, and you know you've come so far along that purchasing decision line that one more tiny step to make and you are done and that is the hardest point to then step back and say I don't think this is quite right but it is incumbent on Every person who is buying a puppy, 800,000 families a year buy a new puppy to be 
careful and consider their purchase very, very carefully. So there's lots and lots of information online about how to responsibly buy a new pet. The government's campaign from DEFRA is brilliant and that you can go to their website, which is getyourpetsafely.campaign.gov.uk and you know go there and start. But all the charities, the RSPCA, the Dogs Trust have advice on how to buy puppies. There's just so much information out there and it is all about doing your research so you and your dog and your dog's mother and all of those behind the puppy have a good life and that's the point of the defra campaign who is the person behind the pet don't just look at the little bundle of fluff that you're already in love with take a step back and examine the whole situation very carefully if you want a new family member then you need to put the work in and you need to make sure that you are doing it responsibly and well, both for morally the greater good and also for your family. And I think the, the key there is is the puppy at the heart of it. That's what this is all about. So Kat, thanks a million for taking the time to join us today. I've really enjoyed the chat. You're very, very welcome. Well, that's all for this episode of the Pet Pod, and we will be adding links to the show notes so you can access the government website to help you find more information about the Pet Fished campaign. Don't ever forget that no one knows your pet like you do, so if you're ever worried or concerned about their health or their behavior, please be sure to contact your own local veterinary practice. And to make sure that you receive the next episode, please do like and subscribe. And I want to say thank you again to YouMove for sponsoring today's episode, and thank you for listening. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.